Well, Happy New Year to you all. Your New Year's resolution was to make it to church every Sunday. Congratulations. Good job. I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 23 and following this morning. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I love the beginning of a new year. It kind of feels like a fresh pad of paper, right? The possibilities of what it is that you can do with this new year just seem endless. You haven't messed it up yet. Everything is clean, it's in order, and all you have to do is begin to fill it up. Some of us with this pad of paper that we have before us are going to write lists of things we want to accomplish. Others are going to doodle. Some will write out goals and some will write an adventure. But whatever and whoever you are, you do have a desire to fill up this metaphorical page with something that is meaningful. And I think that that's why New Year's resolutions are so popular. We want to make this year one in which life becomes fuller and more satisfying. We want this year to be the one when we lose the weight and keep it off. This is the year that we're going to read through the whole Bible or we're going to make sure that we save more and spend less. This is the year that we're finally going to make that trip overseas. This is the year when I'm going to stop the bad habit and start the good one. This is the year when those things which held me back last year are going to be put to the side and I'm going to take a hold of what will send me forward into what is good. We all hope that when we come to the end of 2023, we'll be able to look back and say, now that was a year well lived. In our passage for this morning, we are at the beginning of a journey. You see, Jesus is about to leave behind his ministry in Galilee. The majority of his ministry was done in the northern part of Israel called Galilee. And now in chapter 9 of Luke, he is turning his attention towards Jerusalem. And the rest of the book of Luke is focused on this journey to Jerusalem that will culminate in his offering of himself as a sacrifice to satisfy sin, dying on the cross and rising on the third day. And he invites his disciples to follow him on this journey that he is taking. And he promises if they follow him, they will find life. And this is an invitation that is extended to you as well at the beginning of 2023. Do you want to make this a year to remember? Do you want this to be a year in which you find life and satisfaction? Then the Word of God is calling us this morning to follow Christ and see that to gain your life, you must give your life away. So here now, the reading of the Word of God, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, beginning in verse 23. And he said to all, 
If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord remains forever. Let us pray. O Creator God, You remind us that the darkness of ignorance and doubt cannot overcome Your life-giving Word. So now may Your Holy Spirit, who first inspired these words of Scripture, shine Your light and once again awaken us to the hearing and living of this radiant truth. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. The first thing that we see in our text for this morning is that if you would live a fulfilling year, you must begin by resolving to follow Christ. Again, verse 23, we see Jesus addressing His disciples. He says, if anyone would come after Me, if anyone would follow Me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, we see that Jesus here is speaking to all. He said to all who would follow after him. Jesus is saying that to all those who would be his disciples, all those who would seek To follow Him, there are three basic steps that must be taken. You must deny yourself. You must take up your cross. And you must follow after Him. So let's look at each of these three commands. First, Jesus commands that to follow Him, you must deny yourself. If there is anything unorthodox in our culture of self-indulgence, it is self-denial. How often are we told that we are to follow our hearts or to be true to ourselves? The picture of fulfillment and happiness is painted with the pigments of indulgence, security, and personal freedom. Live your best life now. But Jesus says, if you would follow after me then the first step is to deny yourself. Now, we should not get the idea that Jesus is speaking about some sort of extreme aestheticism. That is, He's not saying that to follow Him you have to live in a cave and fast five days a week and give all of your money to the Salvation Army. Self-denial is not about rejecting all of the good things that this world has to offer that God has made. For Jesus Himself enjoyed the good things of this world. And Paul said that He had learned to live with both poverty and prosperity. Rather, 
Self-denial is coming to realize that the self is not a good indicator of what is profitable in this world and the world that is to come. The heart is deceitful above all things. And until you are willing to deny your heart what it is continually demanding, you're never going to be free to pursue what is a truly fulfilling life. If you would come with Christ on His journey this year, then you're going to have to first realize that yourself, that is, your heart, will object to much of the journey that Jesus will take you on. He will take you to places where you might not want to go. You will not like many of the things along the way. And therefore, to follow Him, you must deny yourself. You must turn from the waywardness to which your heart is naturally inclined and follow after Christ. So what have you been called to deny yourself in 2023? What has your heart gone after to find satisfaction and fulfillment other than Christ? Is it some sin that you secretly pursue, that you think that you can keep under wraps, that you can keep close and no one else will see? Or is it something that may be good in and of itself, but you have made it an idol and worshipped it and it has caused you to leave out prayer? It's caused you to leave out the study of God's Word. It's caused you to leave aside Sunday worship. To follow Christ. You must deny yourself. The second command is that you must take up your cross. Not only are we called to leave something behind on this journey, we're also called to pick something up. And the image of the cross would have been well understood by the disciples in the time. Therefore, we must be willing to look at the image of the cross in what we might call a pre-Christian state. When we think of the cross, we think of victory. We think of salvation in Christ. We wear it on necklaces. We put it at the very center of our sanctuary. But we must realize that Jesus says you must take up your cross before He turned the symbol of the cross on its head. To those listening, the cross was like a hangman's noose. It was like the electric chair or lethal injection. The cross was what the Romans would use to execute the worst of criminals. And so the image of the cross was an image of ultimate submission. When Jesus says that those who would come after Him must take up their cross, it means that they must submit to the trials of being under His authority. Elsewhere, Jesus says that we are to take on His yoke. We are to carry the burden that He gives us. It has come into our common language to speak of our daily troubles as our cross. So people suffering with arthritis or an annoying neighbor or rebellious children will say, well, this is just my cross to bear. But the cross is not primarily about suffering in and of itself. For everyone suffers in this life, Christians and non-Christians alike. No, the cross that Jesus is speaking of here in this verse 
is the hardships that we take on, that we bear as Christians, so that we might follow after Jesus Christ. It is the struggle, it is the striving, it is the suffering that results from the choice of going with Christ and not following after our hearts. We take up the cross, we choose the cross, we weigh the cost of following Jesus and we say for the sake of Christ and His glory, I will endure the hardships of rejection and persecution and laughter and if it be His will, I will even take upon the cross and follow Him unto death. Many of you will recognize the name Joni Erickson Tata. If you don't know her name, when she was a young woman, she suffered an injury that left her a quadriplegic. And she has suffered physically more than most. And yet, in the midst of her suffering, she has been faithful in following after Christ and the call that he had upon her life to be a Christian writer and also to become an accomplished artist. And she says about the hardships and suffering of this life, don't think that the cross is simply the wheelchair or an irritating job or an irksome mother-in-law. The cross is the place where you die to sin and live to God. You see, if we would follow Christ, we must deny ourselves. We must take up our cross And third, Jesus says, we must follow Him. This just naturally flows out of the preceding two commands. That is, to deny yourself and to take up your cross is, in essence, to follow after Jesus. And so Matthew Henry says that self-denial is the first lesson in the school of Christ. The first lesson of following after Christ. And in like manner, John Calvin says that self-denial is the sum of the Christian life. What is God calling you to give up this year that you might follow after Him? What is holding you back? What are you grasping with your hands and unwilling to let go of that you might embrace Christ? Are you excited yet? You ready for this year? Don't follow your heart and choose suffering. What a great message of hope for the new year. And it would be a rather hopeless message if we left it there. And yet there is a reason for this call to deny yourself. There is a cross, but there is also a crown. For we follow Jesus despite the hardship and in the midst of the hardship because we desire to be with Jesus and we desire to go where He is leading us. Just as Jesus gives His disciples these three commands of denying themselves, of taking up their cross and following Him, He also gives them three points of motivation. Three reasons why we must Follow Him. Now, as all of you know, it's easy to make New Year's resolutions. It's easy to get your pad of paper out and write down. You'll make it to church. Check. 
I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to save money. But it's quite another thing to keep them. Right? You need motivation. You need something that's going to drive you. You need a reward. And this is what Jesus points His disciples to in verse 24. Listen to how Jesus follows up His demand for self-denial. He says in verse 24, For whoever would save his life, read, follow his heart, will lose it. But whoever loses his life, again, read, take up his cross. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. There is a reorientation that is occurring in Jesus' teaching here. He is presenting to us a paradox in which true life, the true life that we desire, is gained when we give up our lives. Let's look at this from two angles. First, what does it mean to save your life? Well, to save your life means to pursue satisfaction and fulfillment according to your own power and desires. That is, if you look into 2023 and seek life according to your own means, then all that you do will ultimately be lost. Yes, you might reach your goal weight. You might get more organized. You might spend less and save more. You might read that book. You might travel abroad. But in the end, all of your achievements and all of your accomplishments will be for nothing. And how often do we believe the lie that says that we can find satisfaction and fulfillment in the pursuit of our own desires? But these are the wrong rewards. How often are we told to reach for the stars and seek after greatness? But Christ is warning us that that is a false message of hope. If you do that, it will only lead to destruction and not to the reward that your heart desires. This is what is meant in verse 25 when Jesus asks, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? And the implied answer is nothing. It profits you nothing. Even if you gain the entire world, it will profit you nothing if you die. And oh, the petty treasures that we're willing to forfeit our souls to obtain. We piddle away our lives pursuing small dreams of success and security and comfort in this world. We pursue the collection of money and toys and decorations and trophies the whole time thinking that we're saving our lives and that we're pursuing that which will bring us satisfaction. The whole time we think that we are gaining life, but it is a vapor. It is a dream. We are in the grave and we think that by digging deeper we'll finally find our way out. You see, to gain life, you must be willing to look to the life that is to come. You must be willing to see things in their proper proportions. For this present life will last no longer than 120 years. And for most of us, a lot less than that. And then comes eternity. We become very short-sighted. We think that A few decades of pleasure are worth exchanging for an eternity of joy before God. 
But if we would follow after Christ and gain life, then we must be motivated by this future reward. We must be motivated to give up the temporary pleasures of this life to gain the pleasures of the life to come. Jesus is calling us to give up something like McDonald's for Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Or fill in whatever ones you like there. He is saying, give up tin and get gold. He's saying, lay down your 1950s black and white TV for a flat panel screen plasma TV or whatever it is. Right? We are called to deny ourselves something that is small and paltry before the most amazing and fulfilling thing that we could ever pursue. You see, the self-denial that is ultimately destructive is not giving up this life to gain the next. Rather, it is denying yourself the eternity of life and fulfillment that is to come so that you can have a few years of self-indulgence now. And Jesus is saying to us, give up this life because there is something better. There is a better life to come that is far more fulfilling than anything that this world has to offer. And this is not to say that there isn't joy along the way. There are good things that we enjoy in this world. And elsewhere, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be added to you. But we must First, seek the kingdom of God. We must look to the reward of the life to come if we would live well this coming year. That's the first motivation. The second motivation for following after Christ is found in verse 26. You see... Some of us respond to positive motivation in life and others of us respond, well, to negative. That is, there are carrots and there are sticks. I have a friend who sought to lose weight many times throughout his early 30s. When he was a teenager, he could eat whatever he wanted to and he did it in his 20s and Came out looking different in his 30s. And then his doctor told him if he did not lose this extra weight, he could expect heart problems and probably an early death. He had four kids. He had a wife that he loved. He did not want to have heart and health problems. And that was the motivation he needed. And within six months, he was the leanest that I had ever seen him. Because sometimes the carrot works. You'll feel so good if you lose this weight. And other times the stick works. If you don't lose this weight, it's going to be problems for you. And in verse 26, Jesus gives us the stick. Look at what he says. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You see, one day Jesus will return as the judge of this world. And he is going to divide humanity between the sheep who followed him and the goats 
who follow their own hearts. We might be able to keep up appearances for a while. We might be able to make excuses for ourselves about why we need not deny ourselves this year. Maybe in 2024, but this year there's got a lot going on and I just can't deny myself and follow Christ. But in the end, the truth is going to be revealed. And we must see that there is great loss if we are not willing to follow after Christ. Because ultimately we will lose everything. We will lose this life if we are not willing to deny ourselves. And we will lose eternal life that is to come. Oh, do not be ashamed to follow after Christ. For you do not want on that day of His return and His glory for Him to not bring you into the reward of His kingdom. And this is the third motivation we see in verse 27. The Lord says, But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Now this verse has caused much debate. People want to know what Jesus means by seeing the kingdom of God. Does he mean his second coming? Does he mean the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem? Does he mean his transfiguration, which will happen later on in the book of Luke? To answer this, we first need to understand what the kingdom of God is. And Kind of a quick definition of the kingdom of God is when God fulfills His promises of redemption through His Son, Jesus Christ. Right? That's why Jesus can say that the kingdom of God is present when He is there. And with this definition, it becomes clear that Jesus, when He says this in verse 27, is primarily speaking about His death, resurrection, ascension, and then His the sending of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the coming of the kingdom of God and power happened when Jesus got to Jerusalem, fulfilled the promises that God had made concerning salvation, and ultimately sent the Holy Spirit upon the church. You see, it's not until this time that the disciples truly learned what it meant to take up their cross and follow Jesus. Sure, they may have followed Him along this dusty path down to Jerusalem, They followed Him this way. They swore they would never deny Him. They all resolved that they would take up their cross. But they couldn't do it on their own. And when the time of testing came, they failed. They scattered. They were not willing to deny themselves. They were ashamed of Christ and they could not see the kingdom. You see, until you see the kingdom of God, you will never be able to follow Christ. Until you see Christ crucified, raised to new life, ascended into heaven, until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, you cannot follow Christ on your own. No matter how much you resolve, no matter how much you say, I will follow you and I will take up my cross, if you do it according to your own power, you're going to fail. But if you look to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, if you repent of your sin and you turn to Him and you receive the power of the Spirit, then you will see the kingdom of God. And then by the power of the Spirit, you will follow 
after Christ. And this is where we must begin in 2023. We must begin by repenting and believing in Christ and trusting Him to lead us. You see, self-denial is actually faith in action. I hope that we don't come away from these verses with the idea that we gain heaven by giving up earthly pleasures. There is nothing that you can give to get heaven. No matter how much you deny yourself, you'll never earn heaven. No, faith in Christ means that you believe that He alone has life. It means that you believe that He has salvation to offer. So in faith, you leave behind the paltry treasures of this world to gain the infinite treasure of Christ. This is what we read Moses did in Hebrews chapter 11. Where we read, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. This is faith, Christian. To count the reproach of Christ as greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. That is to count the cross as a greater reward than life itself. How? By looking to the reward which is Christ. So this year, look at the resolutions that you have. What you've said that you're going to do this year. And instead of asking yourself, how might I live? Ask, how might I die to self that this year I might live to Christ? In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to You and we ask, O Lord, that You would give to us the grace that we might look to Your Son, Jesus Christ, in faith. That we might trust Him and by the power of the Spirit that we might follow Him. We pray, O God, that You would give to us the wisdom to let go of the small treasures that this world has to offer none of which that we can hold on to. And teach us to take hold of Christ, that in Him we might know fullness of joy. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen.